Hey, ready, set, go. It's time to hit the mark. This that show you need to know about. We set ourselves apart. Sports talk at the pinnacle. We got all the knowledge covering every level. Helping these young men get to college. Got the coverage of a DB. Vision of a QB coming at you like a DN. Let all of that sink in. Working in the weight room. We can't take no days off. Doing drills when they not looking. That's what make us stand out. Don't worry about how much time is left. We got it planned out. Execution elite footwork. Nasty when we running routes. Accuracy off the chain. We've been on it from the start. Reaching for the sky. Hitting the bullseye. We on the mall. What it do? What's happening back at the Fishbowl Radio Network? The On Your Mark Show, proud and sponsored by Epic Sports Apparel. Every play I compete. It's Wednesday. It's time to get it. It's time to live that epic lifestyle. Today, we're going to set the tone for you. Parents, players, listen up. Two stories of epic proportions as far as facing adversity, still making it to the next level. When we talk about next level, we talk about the collegiate level because that's the arena that we're in. Guys, listen up. This is a big one for you. Lots of information here. Of course, my guy, Coach Jay, is in the house. Epic Sports Apparel. Always in the building. We have the Harveys. We also have Braylon Harvey, who is a running back. He's at UAB. We'll talk about that. He's originally from the Texas area, Flower Mountain High School. And my guy, Will Coleman, who has a son in college as well. We're going to talk to both of these parents, both of these families about adversity about what they went through to get their kids, to get their student-athletes to the next level. We'll start with Braylon first. Braylon, how you doing down in Alabama, baby? Good. How are you? Doing great, man. So I got your parents here. We were talking a little bit before, but I want to start with you. Just talk about high school. Uh, you faced some adversity. What you had to go through to get through high school to where you are now. Well, I've faced a lot of adversity. I started off as a freshman, put up some good film as a freshman. Wasn't no injuries there. Sophomore year it really started. So I started off my hip. So I tore my labrum that's in my ball joint, and I had to, I still played with it for a little bit, but it got got pretty bad, so I couldn't play anymore. And then I had caught COVID, and then I couldn't play at all. And then junior year, my knee, my uh, what's it called my patella tendon started to hurt. And I thought it was like, so we thought it was growing pains, and it turned out it wasn't. And so I kept playing on it, and it got worse. It developed into a tear. So through senior year, like through junior year, I still played on it, but it was still painful. And through senior year, I played through it, but I finally got surgery after the season was over. So I've just been like, nothing's really like, I'm glad I got to experience my experience. It's made me like stronger mentally, and it's made me want to go get it even more because I have more to come back from now. But Realistically, I just I've been through a lot with the injuries and with the COVID, and now I'm just ready to go get it. Now, talk about your mindset going through that adversity. How do you keep that switch on to push yourself through? If I'm being honest, it's been rough. Sometimes I wanted to turn it off, but at the same time, I realize what I've been working for. I've been doing this my whole life, and I love the game truly. And I want to play. I want to play on that next level, and I want to go get it. So, really, I've just been every time I think about quitting. I just thinking about all that hard work that I put in, all the skills and all the skill set that I've developed for myself, all the hard work that I put in, everything that my parents have helped me do too, including my mom, my dad, what they've done, the investments, everything. Everything makes me want to keep going. Now, high school, you were in the, uh, academically, you were you know a student athlete, you excelled, you finished early. 
academically, talk about how uh, you structured yourself to finish early because that's a lot as well as the extracurricular things you did outside, uh, you know, on the field. So, let me think here. So, junior year, I did, the summer before senior year, I decided to take a summer class or summer classes basically because I wanted to be able to finish early so I could train and get ready for the season for when I play at any level or not any level, any school, wherever I went, which happened to be Kansas State, but we'll get to that in a minute. So I decided to take summer classes, and I got more credits than I was supposed to get, and so I was able to finish early and graduate in December of that year instead of late, I think it's May, normally when students normally graduate in 2022 class. So I graduated some months before that. Well, definitely, man, kudos to you because that's very extraordinary. Things you have to do off the field to get where you are. Now let's let's flip the script. Let's head to Kansas State. That was your first stop. And then we'll get to where you are now. Give me a little synopsis of how, uh, you know, what it's like to get on campus. You're a freshman. Uh, you know, you're away from home. What's your mindset, uh, you know, there? You know, we know you have the work ethic and everything, but this is college. It's the collegiate level. Everybody's a star. Everybody's been all state. Everybody's been all district. And now you come into, uh, you know, Kansas State, a big program in the Big 12. Let's talk about that a little bit. So, like you said, Moving on campus as a freshman for the first time, um, to be honest, I was a little used to it because when I graduated or in high school, I had my own little apartment, and I was already starting to get used to like being on my own and having to do stuff on my own without my parents, right? So when I did move up here and took summer classes, I uh, I felt fine, honestly. I didn't feel like I was lonely or anything. Or I didn't feel like I needed my parents to really help me too much. They've already They've already preached what to do my whole life. They've raised me well. So I, I didn't feel too different, you know, but I was, when I came on campus, I was excited. And yeah, it was nice to explore the big campus and see the, the big, it's a power five school, big 12. I was, I was excited to see it. Well, definitely, man. I, I know that you were excited. I, I can see it, you know, following your story, uh, you know, and I'm about to talk to you, bring your parents in here, but let's talk about the decision to jump into the transfer portal. That's a big thing that we've been talking about here the last couple of weeks. Um, it's it's something that's new. Uh, I would say this is the second full year of it. But what goes into the decision? You know, you're in there. You're looking for a new home. What was your mindset and what were your goals when you jumped in? When I got in the portal? Yes, sir. So, basically, I want to, I want to like, yeah, of course, I want to play, like, right now. Um, that may not be, like, the case, but, of course, I want to play right now. So, when I jumped in the portal, I was looking for a new home so I could get the opportunity that I rightfully deserve. I've been through a lot. Don't have the film that I wish I had. So it wasn't going to be easy to find a new home because, you know, these coaches, they got to, it's an investment. It's in a business. So they got to, they got to invest carefully in certain kids. And so when I got in the portal, I was very like, I was enticed to see that I was able to get an opportunity from UAB and even a walk-on offer. So I was very, very excited when I, when they gave me that. Well, definitely. Shout out to Coach Trent Dilfer. Uh, you know, I was talking to your dad previously about the relationship that you developed with him, and that comes back to you You follow full circle and come back again. Just speak on that just a little bit before I toss it to your parents. I'm sorry? The relationship you had with Coach Dilfer before, uh, and now you're reunited at UAB. So, basically, I met him. Uh, it was at so he, because he used to run the Elite 11 camps, and I went there. So it was at Frisco in the Star, or at the Star. So I went there for a camp. I got invited. So basically, they had college quarterbacks there, and we were throwing like, or not college quarterbacks. Well, they had college quarterbacks. 
and they had high school students, receivers that have been invited to come catch balls for them, and Coach Dilfer was out there. And that's how I originally met him. Well, definitely, man. Relationships, I was, we were talking before we came on air, those matter. That's a big thing and everything that we kind of talk about a little bit. But let's bring your parents in. Introduce yourselves. Tell everybody your names. Now, I'm going to go back backtrack just a little bit to high school. Uh, you know, as a parent, it's tough to see, it, you know, those struggles, you know, physically, not just mentally, but physically. Uh, you know, he wasn't able to do things and be successful. That's got to be tough on you guys. But what were you telling him to kind of keep him structured and, uh, you know, staying on the path to where you're trying to help him get? Well, I'll let her start first with the education piece. <laughs> well, that is, first, that is first and foremost is the education. So no matter what uh, happens in life, I've always asked him to keep his education first so that he can always have options. So if football doesn't work out, he can always have other options in life, and he doesn't have to struggle later in life to try to make that up. And I'll let Dad continue with the sports piece. <laughs> Man, it's, it's, Coach, it, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. Since he was a freshman, like he said before, he put up some numbers, the video, the videos, and that's really what started getting college's, college's attention. But going into that sophomore year, he tore his hip labrum. And from there, it was the hip labrum. He was rehabbing, probably over, overworking too much, and it turned into tendonitis in the left knee. Because he was using the left knee, making up from the right from the right labrum, the right labrum. So he was putting that weight over there, and, and the tendonitis developed, and we said, okay, it's tendonitis. And then he tore it. He tore it. We didn't know until we took him over to the Dallas Cowboys, Carroll Clinic, and they put him on MRI. He said, man, he has an 80% torn patella tendon. And doctor, the doctor, can you pull it away? The doctor said, I cannot believe he's still running on this. And I said, yeah, that's, that's what, and that's what the senior year was. He was still running on this patella tendon. We didn't know it was 80% torn. We just thought it was the tendonitis and everything that was going on with that. And he was getting rest. And he wasn't playing him because he was just he was swelling up too bad. His knee was hurting so bad. So they really didn't play him until the didn't guy game. They were sticking me in, in the playoff game. <laughs> Come on, man. But anyway, that's a whole other story. But, yeah, I'm sorry. That's a whole other story. But, and, you know, and then – Kansas State comes rolling. They come calling, hey, can we get him in here in the spring? This is because they know he was graduating early. And he's had that relationship with Sped, Coach Anderson. I wouldn't say so much with Coach Anderson. That's a whole other story. That kind of bothered me because you need to have a better relationship with your position coach. Absolutely. Instead of with the director of recruiting and everybody else on the team. Absolutely. You have to have a relationship with the position coach. And I just felt like it wasn't as strong as it needed to be. And so at the end, they tried to get him to come in, in the spring. I said he can't. He's having surgery on December 29th, and you want him to go through spring ball. He's having surgery on December 29th. So then their team doctor contacted me and wanted to talk to the team doctor of Dallas Cowboys. I had to release the records. They wanted to see the records, and they said the same thing. We could not believe he was running. When they were watching his film in practice, that it was 80% torn. Right. So with that being said, so we couldn't come in spring, so skip forward, went on into the summer. And he still wasn't ready. I mean, that was six months after he had just had surgery. And they was trying to force the issue. Like I had told Coach Jay before, they forced the issue at the end of the summer. The kid wasn't ready mentally and physically. Should have never put on a helmet. Should have never put on shoulder pads. But he didn't want me there. Or else I would have stopped it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get to see it. Right. I didn't get to see it. I remember calling Coach Jay. I said, Coach, he don't even want me there. Because right. I knew he wasn't ready. Right. As a father, and you've been watching the develop and play the game, I can tell before you hit the field, your body language, what you're doing, everybody else around, how, oh, man, boy, that's the dude. 
Right. I can look at another team. That's the dude right, right. there. Absolutely. I mean, all that stuff factors, and he knows if I showed up, he wowed him in the first part. You know, they were surprised on that. He was still moving that fast after surgery, but when that helmet and shoulder pads came on, it's a different story. Right. Now you up against six four, two hundred forty pound linebackers. Blah blah blah. Kid wasn't ready for that. He, he wasn't supposed to be out there. As a matter of fact, he wasn't going to be released until August first to put on shoulder pads and helmet. He was in there in June. Long story short, he said, "You're not ready. Stay with the program." Until the spring, we're going to make you a student assistant coach. He didn't want to do that. He tried it for a day or two. It just wasn't working out. And it was button heads. And like I said, if you don't have that type of relationship with your position coach, he's not going to fight for you. Now, this is at Kansas State. This is at Kansas State. Mm -hmm. So, went through, the, went through the fall. He stopped doing student assistant. So, basically, he just ended up being a student after that when he was all left the team. Just being a student. And so, after that, and I said, listen. They're going in the portal. They've told you they're going for a running back in the portal, a veteran running back, which they picked up Trayshawn from Florida State. Mm -hmm. I said, there it is right there. Once they did that, they pretty much – there was no relationship anymore between him and the running back coach, only the director of recruiting and everybody else. And not just that dog, that's not going to work because right. at the end of the day, your position coach is going to say who's on the roster and who's not on the roster. Went in the portal that Monday, Trent Dilfer called that same night. The same night – just waiting to make sure he was actually in the portal because they can't contact you until your name pops up in that portal. Right. So when his name popped up in the portal, called him the same night and offered him. And then the next day, Braylon committed. Because, like I said, this man has been talking to you even before the portal a little bit, a little bit when he could. That's who you need to be with. He's talked to you more than anybody's talked to you in the whole year, even if you're here on campus at Kansas State. Right here on campus and running back coach, man. And he's talked to you more. That's the decision I would make. Don't start playing this game with all this. I want to see how many offers I can get in the portal. There's almost 9,000 kids in the portal with film, with great film. Some played in college. Still in the portal two years later. Mm -hmm. I said, son, you better jump on that. And that's what we did and shut everything down. And that's just a nutshell. Because if I get into the other part of all that stuff, I'm going to get too emotional because watching that boy go mm -hmm. through all that from since his freshman year, oh, man, it's been, it's been tough. Well, that's kind of what, you know, we brought you guys in about wheel in the day is to kind of you know educate parents and and players you know these are the backstories that you don't know about and i think that's the important thing that we try to bring to the surfaces uh you know it's, it's more to it than just the football result on the field and that's what we're trying to get to to uh you know let everybody know that it's more than that there's things that go into it but you know from you guys' perspective you know, that's a struggle when you see your child going through that. Man. But you guys were able to stick together as his foundation, both academically and athletically, to have his back. Just talk about because, you know, he's in Kansas, okay. in, in Manhattan, Kansas. You can't reach him. So you, you're doing all this over the phone. You know right. what I'm saying? So I, I want to know you guys' mindset and how do you communicate uh, that as well because, you know, I, I'll take it from my perspective. I have a wife as well. We had a son that was a baseball player. So I'm the guy that's out in the forefront finding the lessons, finding the hidden coach, where she wants to know why we're traveling, why we're doing that. You know, so that's that can be uh, something in itself, you know. So give me a little okay. synopsis on that makeup as well. I'll start with, with you first. <laughs> well, it requires mental fortitude, um, both parts of the, the parents and the child, you know, because they're going to get frustrated. We get frustrated. We get stressed. Everybody's stressed. But it, it requires that fortitude, and it requires communication, and involvement. I mean, we are all up in his accounts. We're looking at everything. <laughs> we're making sure we're double-checking, and, you know, we're doing as much as we can to help him get acclimated to the college life so that he can be successful. Um, 
you know, that's that's the that's the gist of it is communication and involvement. Um, and actually taking those steps to make sure that he's actually committed and that he's happy. You know, we have to make sure that he stays uh, happy. We don't want him getting too stressed either, you know, and that's part of the communication and preparation is uh, it's being prepared, being prepared. Well, you've definitely been prepared because <laughs> let me tell you, I have, man, oh Coach Jay laughing over here because he knows. We're, we're going to get to Coach let, Jay in a let, let me just, let me, you know what, can I just, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get into it. Listen, parents, it takes a village. And I'm not just talking about mom and dad because dad wanted to quit a lot of times watching this child go through surgery, rehab. And here's another thing, and it costs. Oh. It, 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 it costs. And um, you have to make sacrifices. I still have a nine-year-old. I got a wife to worry about. I got bills. You know, I mean, you still, here it is. Here's this child saying he wants to be a professional football player and an engineer. So as a parent, you're going to get behind that especially if they're doing the things they need to do to just keep having setbacks. In his situation, it was injuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like, I would be scared. To, sometimes I'd be scared to answer the phone. When the season starts, I'd be scared. When he's calling, something's wrong. Well, if the coach is calling, something's wrong. And every time it was, every single time, Dad, this hurt. Dad, this happened. I was like, God. I mean, it was from the time, shoot, just the time he finished playing freshman football to he ran track his freshman year injuries and it's just been down here ever since and I'm like golly and then you're spending the money for the doctors then you're spending the money for the training then you're taking them to this specialist and you know trainers don't trainers is not cheap no doubt. and I don't have him with anybody that I wouldn't train with when I was playing absolutely. I don't play that game absolutely so I'm gonna have like Josh Hicks is his running back trainer shout out um, to 300 uh, <laughs> coach Jay knows I'm hooks yep hooks is you know his receiver and he just does running back stuff too but absolutely when Braylon came back from that hip surgery, oh, man, I spent so much money. Josh, thank you, though, Josh. <laughs> shout out to 300. 300. One of the best in the game. Absolutely. One of the best in the game. And, man, he was just bringing him back, man, bringing him back because he was struggling with that hip. That's right. the first time I met Josh, and we was doing one-on-one sessions. Right. Because I didn't have time for him to be going through eight, ten people taking away from him. I needed him to get that full hour. Absolutely. So, you know, you're going to pay extra for that. And that's yeah. the whole thing about parents. You got to be willing to get behind this because if your child tells you he wants to play football and he has something, you're going to have to get behind it. And unfortunately, man, that's going to cost. It does. And that's the part that some parents don't understand. If the child is willing to put everything into because let me tell you something, man. That's why I didn't want to talk about it because I get emotional. I've watched that boy struggle and struggle and struggle coming back from injury. So as a parent, if you're not willing to do that struggle, leave it alone. Because it is stressful. It is it is stressful not only the, that child, but it's the family. You're affecting the family because you got to make sacrifice. And just getting him up and watching him go through injuries. I mean, the kid, I can go further back. His first injury is in fourth grade. He broke his tibia and his fibula. Fourth grade, his own teammate broke his leg. So it goes even further back. We just start with the high school. Absolutely. I have watched this kid just come back after back. He never missed a season. Even after that fourth grade, I said, hey, no, you only play football fifth grade. Just play baseball. Because I love baseball. He Absolutely. Didn't wanna do that. Yeah. He didn't want to do that. Right. Came back and played again. I think he had like 20-some touchdowns his little fifth grade year. But that's just – he's never missed until he got to high school. Those injuries was – it's a different level. Right. So those injuries, those injuries are different, and it just – Every time we had, it was always when the season would start. Always he'd get hurt right before the season. You go through training and get ready, and then the season come, something else. And that was that was it. So with this Kansas State thing, 
I thought that was the best situation for him because we had a relationship with him because I went to Kansas State. We had a relationship there sure, with yeah. Coach Snyder, and then the new staff came in and built right. a relationship with them. So it just – I was uneasy a little bit, but I never wanted to really tell him this much, the relationship that he had with Coach Anderson. I didn't feel it was strong enough for you to be going off to school to Coach Anderson, but there was love there yeah. with everybody else. Coach Anderson, it's not his fault that the fact that this young man doesn't have any film. My job is to go out and recruit young men and have film and has been putting in that work. This young man is sporadic film, and he's hurt all the time. So I understood. No hard feelings with Coach Anderson. I understood. I got to go after these kids that's putting it in. I'm, I'm, this is my job, too. I got to feed my family, too. So I never held it against it, but I would just tell my son, it's about relationships. I've always told them, and I didn't feel they were strong enough, and I told him why. And he, he knew the hell. Coach uh, Sped told him why. Director of recruiting is like, man, it's not up to me. It's up to coach. And that's, and then that's when all that transpired. He went in the portal. Thank God he was only in there for a night because, like I said, it's, it's a blessing because I've seen kids. I know kids are in there. Y'all know kids are Absolutely. in there. Absolutely. Yes, we do. You know, and these kids have gone in there coming from Power Five, had film, had film, and they're sitting in there. So when, but he had no choice. It's basically like, hey, it's time for you to leave Kansas Absolutely. State. So, he, and the thing is, not being on a roster, See, a lot of parents don't know this. I'm going to educate a lot of parents. Bring it to them. Not even being on a roster, you still have to go and join and get into the portal. That takes away from one transfer. You never played football in college. You weren't on a roster. We found that out. Kansas State didn't know that. I can show you the text. I got receipts from them saying, man, we didn't know that. He has to get in the portal. He wasn't even on the roster this semester. Has to get in the portal just like everybody else that was actually on the roster. And I, I find that they need to change that. Because you're taking away from the student athlete. It's like, well, why am I being penalized? I've never even played. Right. Had to get in the portal so he has one use. And, you know, the new rule, mm-hmm. you, it's a new rule. So he's got one use. So that's a fight that we would have to come to if something else happened down the road. But Absolutely. There's a, there's a channel for you to actually go and submit. But just don't think it's fair. And a lot of parents, hit a lot of schools didn't even know. We had a power five school. They didn't even know. Twice, and then the second time, you know, you already, y'all yeah. know that rule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now he's yeah, got that's one. A, that's a new rule that went in effect. That's a new rule to help with this portal because right. there's so many kids Well, it, it's, it's jumping like hotcakes, and that's kind of what they want to do, and they're trying to curb it a little bit so that it's not oversaturated. But the name of the game and, and you know, the message to you guys today is the investment part, the whole family's in it, and then the relationship. We've been saying this for a long time, and I'm going to bring you in a little bit, Coach Jay, with this. Because you've been in a relationship. We were talking before we came in. He mentioned the relationship that you had, and you mentioned the village. This is part of your village. Yes, sir. This is part of uh, Will's village as well. But, Coach, tell me wh- what you kind of do. This is what you advocate for these guys when they're advocating for them as well. But, you know, you're bringing them in as well. My job with him was level him out, you know, as a dad. I, I'm, you know, he's excited. He wants the opportunity. So, for me, okay, let's bring it down a notch. Let's make it make sense, right? So, these are the steps. These are the options that are specific to you and your family. It was different for Will. So, we addressed everything that was specific to getting B what he needed. And the one thing that – this situation, and that's why I kept telling everybody, y'all got to watch this show. It, it really hit me. I've always been a believer that what's for you is for you. This proved it in the sense of no film, you get opportunity to go play. That don't work out. Go in the transfer portal, and we know it's kids trapped 
in the abyss. And you go in and come right out 24 hours later. What's for you is for you. Nobody can stop that. And and he's blessed in the sense of, you know, God has his hand on him and saying, hey, I'm going to give you another opportunity. This story is going to be amazing. It's been amazing up to this point because of the twists and turns that later on, I guess you guys follow the journey, you'll hear more about it. But um, my job with him was always keep him calm and be that extra voice to pick up the phone and call B and be like, yo, if you don't get your sh- you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that was me. You know, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. Hey, he, he, he'll call me like, man, call your boy, man. I, you know, get on. Hey, man, what, what, you know, and then love on him. You know, right. what I'm saying, hey, man, That's you got this. Time. This is what you got to do. So, you know, it just again the, the village mindset. Um, but it was more of just listening to the frustration and just giving a, a perspective. And as men that we don't really do that a lot. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? To I where do. we can reach out and say, hey, man, this is what I'm going through, and then honestly have somebody that can give you, you know, love from a perspective that is not affecting your mental or the kid's mental. Right. You know what I'm saying? He already right. knew what, what I was doing and, you know, the path that I was on with Boogie. And yeah. his thing was, I just want insight. You know what I'm saying? How do you deal with this? How do you deal with that? You know, and for me, it's – this is what I did. This is what I dealt with, right? Yeah. I call you. I call you know everybody. Right. So, it was um, a unique experience, you know, because in my head I'm like, wow, he going through a lot, you know what I'm saying? As a family, they're going through a lot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, I, to me, it's like, man, you know, I, it's a blessing, you know, to to have it a little easier, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, but. I took on a lot of it simply because, again, we talked so much. It was like hanging up the phone. like, man, how, you know, what can I do different to help, you know? So really just being a part of the village, you know, and, and, and making sure that he was in a, a mental head space where he could help be and, you know, Veronica don't. Take his head off. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Absolutely, appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. Man. Coach J, Coach J, you know, I didn't, I didn't text him, called him so many times, man. Absolutely, mad, angry, or I tell him, say, Coach, you ain't gonna believe this. This person contacted B, and you know his his response would be always, "Wow." And he would get the text. No, he'd pick up the phone. He called. Yes. It was always the wild. He would call. He's like, "Man, this is a story. Yes, this is a story. He has not played." And if you want to really get deep into it, for the listeners. After his freshman year scoring all those touchdowns, sophomore, junior, senior year, three years on varsity, never scored a touchdown. Wow. Wow. I'm telling you. Never scored a touchdown. You go from scoring 20-plus. I used to get mad at Prosper because they were running him him as a freshman 22 times a game. He had 22 and – he had 26 carries one game. Developed, but that was wearing him down, right? So – those three years, and that's what the story is, man. I'm like, I told him the other day. I said, dude, you realize you ain't scored one freaking touchdown on varsity in three years. Not one. You ended up at Kansas State. They were still trying to give you an opportunity. Had you came in here healthy and did your thing, Coach J knows right. every yeah. day. It's a different story. Right. I mean, plenty of coaches have said, son, you're a, you're a five-star kid with five-star injuries every year. Every year. If you could have just gave us three games one year, six games in a season between your sophomore and senior year, you probably wouldn't even be on my campus. You'd probably be somewhere else. 
those are the things that have been told us, but that's just words, man. I don't go with all that. I need to see him on the field and be consistent and perform. And now he's 100% healthy. He's, that mind has to be 100%, and that body has to be 100% because there's a lot of distractions out there. He knows that. It's a lot. And you got distractions, and you're dealing with trying to get yourself together. Come on, man. It's, it, it's, it's, it's a journey. And everybody's journey is different. Like I tell you, don't look at this person's journey. Don't look at this person's journey. Everybody's different. You may look at it and say, man, I'm going to get there. But don't compare yourself. Like I'm wondering why you're not there. Everybody's journey is different. You got a story. What is it going to be at the end of the day? Your story. And that's, that's it. Well, definitely. We're going to get into Will's journey right now. Come on in, Will. Uh, tell us who you are. And let's talk about your son a little bit. Will Coleman. Uh son is Tyler Williams, defensive end at Southern Nazarene University. Now, I had a chance to talk to Ty a couple of weeks ago. He was on live. Uh, we talked about his story a little bit. Uh, on the flip side, you you did everything similar to what the Harvards do for Ty, but he always got the knock that, oh, you know, he's undersized. He, uh, you know, may have to switch positions or, you know, though his recruiting, you know, was uh, a little bit slower because of those things. So, Tell me from your perspective how you tried to curb that a little bit. Well, the way that we, uh, me and Coach Jay, we helped out a lot. As you said, uh, part of my village. Um, we fully was not expecting him to actually grow as much as he did uh, through high school. He was under six feet tall and under 200 pounds as a defensive end. We know that's very difficult to do as far as being recruited. Uh, wasn't the fastest athlete, wasn't the most athletic. Um, the number one thing that Coach Jay um, had me do with him is to get position-specific training. Uh, I took him to Brandon Tucker with uh, Trench Warfare, had him doing some things, uh, actually had him working with Coach Jay a few times, getting some things done to uh, help him. If he's – when you play in a – like that, what you would like to do is make sure that you have a skill set. If you don't have the type of measurables you want, you want to be top tier at being able to do what your position calls you to uh, calls you to do. So that was one of the biggest things that we were working on as far as him being a top tier pass rusher, even though he didn't have the size or the speed. Well, that's definitely one of you. I mean, you kind of summed it up. Shout out to Coach Tuck and Trench Warfare. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of Ty there, you know, as well at, at Dallas Christian. Uh, now, you talked about leaning on someone else. Sometimes that's tough for parents to do, to kind of let go. Uh, what was your mindset in doing that and, you know, creating that village for him? Well, I knew that was the thing that I had to do. Um, definitely was not easy. Um, I probably had been coaching him since I was since he was five years old and, kind of backed off when he was about 12, which at that point, that was when uh, not too long after I had met Coach Jay, he was still in Houston, but we would talk all the time. Uh, when he announced that he was moving up, it was <laughs> a godsend for us. <laughs> no doubt, no but, doubt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty much uh, what went on in that situation, uh, getting things going for, for him. Now, Dallas Christian, they end up winning a couple state championships, uh, and are very successful there. Just talk about his high school journey before we dive into college. Okay. Um, high school started off, he, uh, we actually was on to go to Duncanville High School. Um, 
wasn't the strongest student, uh, kind of had some behavioral issues in middle school and all uh, collectively with the family, we really didn't think that that was the best move to send him off to Duncanville. It was a small charter school called C uh, Num uh, Newman International, Cedar Hill. Not sure if anybody heard of it. Nick, yes, uh, yes. Coach Lynn Miller uh, had just started up the program the year before. Uh, this was going into Tyler's freshman year. Didn't win a game, probably scored maybe six or 12 points the entire year on varsity. Uh, stepped in, helped build the program up. In his sophomore year, they ended up winning state in TCAF down in Texas. Uh, like I say, Steele was very undersized. Don't want to say at that point he might have been about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, about 180. Um, and he kind of felt like he needed – bigger challenge. Um, we reached out to Coach Wheeler at Dallas Christian and decided to make that move uh, not only for football but academically as well. Um, he had just started coming into his own academically. Like I say, he really wasn't a strong academic student in middle school, but playing college ball was a dream of his. And I always told him, you don't have the size. You're, you're not going to be a D1 kid, but on another level, you're going to have to have the grades. Uh, he buckled down. He really got after it, became an A-B student all through high school, graduated with a 3.5 GPA, weighted GPA. Uh, and Dallas Christian definitely helped out on the academic side. Uh, the curriculum is pretty, <laughs> pretty difficult, especially from where he came from. But um, went there. I believe uh, junior year, he walked in, started with one of two starters there, uh, one of two junior starters. Whole defense was all seniors. So big, big ups to him on that one. Um, lost in the state championship game in senior year. They ended up winning state at Dallas Christian. Well, yeah, definitely, you know, those were the things that kind of contribute to him launching himself now. And what I like what you, about what you said, parents, is he, he, he knew where his, his where he was going to go. That's a big thing that we've been talking about. You know, everybody's not going to be a Division One kid. But know your strengths. Be exceptional at what you do, which I thought is what you have to know as a parent in order to get that across to the kid because sometimes the kid has these big expectations, but – you can really see it, and that caused being educated as a parent, which you guys seem to be on top, and you, you're hitting the right buttons. So when you you go to start looking at schools, uh, you know, he had some small school offers and things like that. Talk about that a little bit and how you got the process going with that as well. Okay, oh, definitely I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> <as far> as <laughs> process. Nothing uh, wrong with that, though. When it first started out, I kind of figured that all schools would reach out if they liked you regardless of – what time they were in in high school, whether they be freshman year, sophomore, junior, or senior, which, boy, I was wrong on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of learned that Division One will reach out to those <coughs> who have the measurables, look great. They reach out to those kids, sometimes eighth grade, freshman year, sophomore year. The other levels, D2, D3, NAIA, they don't really reach out until junior, senior year. D2 kind of being more at the second semester of the junior year. 
D3 and NAIA more so towards the beginning or right after the senior season is over is when they kind of start reaching out. But um, we, like I said earlier, we kind of knew D1 was going to be out of the picture, so we didn't focus on going to D1 camps unless we were just trying to me- you know, use his measuring stick to see how he do against those type of guys. Uh, definitely would hit D2 camps, NAIA camps, and just trying to get on their radar. Uh, Coach Jay would always send that every summer. Everybody in this village, he sends out a big, long list of camps, no matter what kind of level. So if you weren't hitting the camps, you just wasn't <laughs> using the information that he was providing because he surely gave it out. Absolutely. Uh, and we would do that every every summer, uh, go to some of the smaller camps, and eventually started hearing from a couple of D2 schools um, right around, right at the end of his junior year. Um, a couple of them reached out, one of them being Southern Nazarene. Uh, definitely had a few uh, NAIAs that reached out right after the junior year. Um, just kept his head down. Uh, kept his grades up, and like I'm saying, that's a big deal. I know that there are better kids than my son that were out there that could have been getting a lot of those offers, but with those grades, a lot of that money is coming from the academic side, so if the academics aren't right, your kid is not going to get looks. (laughs) Like, even if they're deserving athletically, the academics have to be in place. Yeah, that's definitely. And I want to piggyback on the measurables. Because me and Coach Jay have talked, or anybody that's in my circle, I didn't mean to cut any time, boss. But anybody in my circle, I've always told wife, I don't put be with unless they think like me. Not only think like me, I need to know what's around them. Absolutely. What's around them, man. Because then if you're around them, then that's going to be around my son. Right. You know, I'm not, that's that's the way I look at things and the measurables. And we talk about this all the time. That's the only reason why I told him, I said, dude, the only reason why you're still getting you any dang looks, and they're all from Power 5 schools. You can go look at his 247. Because you're measurable, son. You play running back. It's your measurable. It's your speed. Because you've shown enough and just a teeny bit from what you've put out there to say, okay, that's that kid. Now I need, we need to see it. We need to see it, see a consistency, and they never got it through high school. But it was always the first thing to tell me, oh, you can play Power 5. Every Power 5 coach he's met, the first thing to tell me, you can play on this level. And they talk about his size and his speed. Those two things, they always stick out because what else are they going to talk about? He ain't got right. no film. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> what else are you going to talk about? Right, right. And that's how he's always got in the door. Right. And that's – I can't make that up. Right. And like me and Coach Jay, that's why he always say, wow. I say, and I reply, I can't make this up, Coach. <laughs> you know, and, you know, he, and I'll send him something to show him the proof. I was like, the receipt. Yeah. I can't make this up. But it's always been his, his measurables and his speed. And, and he runs track. Right. So I tell young athletes, play more than one sport. <laughs> you got to. It gives that body different muscles. And work all those muscles. Yep. Play more than one sport. But if you're in football, man, track is the other sport. And th- those are the things we've been talking about here on the On Your Mark Show, live from the Fishbowl Radio Network, proudly sponsored by Epic Sports Apparel. Uh, Coach Jay, I want to bring you in on Ty because, you know, I, I follow Ty, uh, met Ty, uh, you know, wrote about Ty, tweeted about Ty, everything. But you got a special relationship with him. You kind of help this family as well, guide him through. Speak about Ty a little bit before we get into, uh, you know, his time at Southern Nazarene. Fifth grade, was it? Yeah. Fourth grade, fifth, fifth grade. grade. Fifth grade. Um, met, met Will, met Ty and, and Taylor, his sister. And for me, I'm a fan of the underdog, you know, and just listening to Will 
you know, watching him, hearing where he came from, I was like, yo, I'm riding with this kid. You know what I'm saying? Undersized, you know, he, he's, he's a worker, need development. For me, it's like, okay, again, this is where every player I compete come in, you know. And I knew, I said, man, look, Will, if you stick to the script, he going to shock the world. He going to shock everybody, right? Because, again, you got the, the issues with his grades, you know, the behavior, all of those things help build for what we see right now, and that's leverage, right? Just because he started that way, you know, didn't mean that. And everybody was like, man, Ty ain't going to do this. Ty ain't going to do it. And I kept telling him, we were like, nope, don't, don't listen to that. Right. It'll be all right. right. Because I saw something, he saw something, very few people saw that he really wanted it. He just had to have time. And this is something that, excuse me, parents, y'all got to understand, a part of this process. Everybody's journey is different in their own time. Some kids develop later. You have to be willing to ride it out. Some, you know, blow up early. Some, it just takes a little bit longer for that thing to click. One important thing about both journeys is they both have leverage. One P5, one D2. The leverage is he is speed measurable, six foot two hundred pounds, fast as lightning, six foot two hundred pounds, right? But playing a different position, not as fast, not as this. But that leverage, both the same, high GPA, high GPA, leverage. I say this over and over and over. If you want to have leverage, you got to be able to do it on both sides. If your GPA ain't there, the athletic might be not where you want it to be. Because now you don't have that leverage. If I have to drop down and get money from somewhere else, I don't have that to be right. able to pull right. from it, right. right? So then you end up going the JUCO route. But right. going back to Ty, you know, I believe out of his circle, right, all the kids that he grew up playing with, Crook, Glenn Rice, uh, I mean, the list goes on, Armani, Armani, Boogie, you know, all of those kids, I think out of that group, Two of them, one stayed out of that class of 2022, him and Crook, mm -hmm. right? No matter what level. No, not even Crook. No, they wanted this year. Not even Crook. They wanted this year. So he's the only one. Yeah. He got two of them. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's the right. only one, regardless of the level, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it was still going back to, you know, him believing and having that village to push him. And it was a lot of hard days where – same with B. He in my garage, and I'm lighting his up. I mean, I'm lighting him up to yes. where he like, you know, and I'm like, look, hey, we ain't got time for this. You know what I'm saying? You got a dream. You want to fight for it. Look, we going to hold you to a high, high level. You know what I'm saying? Right. You want to go to college, right? Yep. We going to make sure you get there, but you got to do it all the way through. You got to fight. And, hey, he's there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Can't nobody take that from it. No. And a free ride. Free, free ride. ride. Free education. Sorry. And the other thing about this is that diploma don't say you went Power 5. No, it don't. D2. It says you're a graduate of this institution. It don't matter. It P5, don't matter. It don't matter. Right. Other it than the matter. connection. university than, on it, yeah. It says university, it says university on it. Other than the connections that these Alumni. bigger schools Alumni. come Alumni. with. That's yes. the only right. thing that right. separates it. Right. But he still got a free ride. Absolutely. Absolutely, but you know, uh, you know, to speak uh, from outside, uh, Ty had the skill set that you know, like you talked about, the bend, the get off. Because I watched him many, many uh, P 
places at uh, you know at Tux camps and stuff where he took away MVPs of guys that were six three six four. His drive, his fortitude, he's a dog. You know what I'm saying? And those are the things that got the look that where he needed to get besides the undersized, and that goes to the, the eyes that were on him. And his social media presence was another big thing about Ty. That's what we worked on. Right. <laughs> right. Again, the marketing. The marketing. <laughs> the marketing aspect. You know, he was always tagging me or tweeting me or, or DMing me. You know, hey, do I need to work on this? This is outside of this. You know, this is outside of you guys. And that's how we became acquainted as well. Uh, you, it takes more than just what's on paper and what's on tape. Sometimes you have to have that extra push. Now, before we get out of here, Will, you shared a story with Ty. He faced a little adversity when he got to, to SNU, uh, Southern Nazarene, recently. Uh, and we talked about this on the live a couple of weeks ago. Go ahead and share that before we get out of here. Okay, well, uh, when he got on campus, uh, he's doing pretty well uh, as far as when fall practice had started. He was taking second and third team reps, which we all know is pretty good going into fall camp on any level. Uh, and he uh, kind of had a – little moment of chest pain in practice and they uh, asked him to go get an EKG with the uh, campus doctor and they saw a little abnormality that they kind of didn't like and suggested we take him to see a cardiologist thinking everything was going to be okay. Uh, set it up a few weeks later, uh, did, a, uh, did another EKG that came back normal and they suggested that we do, do a echocardiogram uh, come to find out that his uh, ejection fraction, which is how effectively the heart is pumping blood, was around 40%, which is pretty close to uh, being called heart failure. Actually, uh, normal levels ought to be around 50% at least. Um, so definitely football was out of the picture for that point in time. So he had the red shirt his freshman year. Um, put him on a few meds, and this can generally take anywhere from as little as two months to as long as two years if it ever does correct itself. Um, went in for another uh, echocardiogram about two week, oh, about two months later. Uh, his ejection fraction improved to 57%, um, and he's been cleared for team workouts as of last week, I believe. Uh, so he's working out with the team for the first time since August now, and right. hopefully he'll be ready to play in the spring game in, uh, in April. Yes, so, uh, But what I would like to say on the show is for all parents, especially African-American parents, if your kid is playing any sport along with the physical, please go in for echocardiogram. Please go in for MI on the heart of uh, we are predisposed to having a mutation in our DNA for cardiomyopathy. For the older parents, I'm pretty sure you remember Hank Gathers that played basketball. Mm -hmm. This is what he died from. And my son actually has the genetic mutation for cardiomyopathy. Uh, please get tested. Please, please, please do this every single year. Make sure that you're doing your child a good service, making sure that they're actually healthy. A lot of kids that are dying on these fields and on these courts is because they haven't had the genetic testing done. They haven't had the MRI on their heart to detect these things. It's really simple. Please do this. <laughs> that's, that's good. And just most recently this weekend, the strength and conditioning coach at UAV 
they make they put them through a genetic test. Right. They put them through a genetic. That's the first I've heard on a campus. I've we've been on plenty, and that's the first they put them through that. Right. I mean, even it's like saving. We want to we want to lift weights, and I'm wondering, man, why I got this belly fat? Why can I get rid of this belly fat? Well, that genetic test will tell it. Well, because you're drinking too much caffeine, it's not allowing you to lose it. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, man. That tripped me out. So I was listening about genetics, man. But I just want to throw it over there. Definitely. Well, well, definitely, man. We, and we talked about something about genetics when, uh, you know, we, we first got here and I was having a conversation. That, that kind of matters. And, you know, for you to bring that up, that's a great avenue. Another thing that parents should be knowing about, you know, and my son's a track runner. He, he has what's called a runner's heart. So, um, you know, those are things that we've been we've been going through as well the last couple of years, getting him tested with his heart. Because he was having a little heart palpitation, nothing major, but, you know, they shut him down for a little bit because of thickness in the heart. So, okay. you know, I kind of understand what you're talking about. And this is another thing that, you know, we talk about as well because he's on the track side. Brought him, mm-hmm. You know, I always lean on him about things like that. But, you know, the physical testing was outside of what you see, you have to go a little di- and dig deeper. So I understand that. And it's kudos to you and your family, to both families, for really, really digging in deep past what you see under the mask. You have to go under the mask to do these type of things. And I definitely appreciate you guys joining us here on your On Your Mark show. Don't be strangers. Definitely tap in with us. You know, we definitely want to know what Braylon's doing, you know, when he goes in. Of course, we'll probably be up at, at SNU for the spring game uh, to check out Ty. Hopefully UAB as well. Absolutely. Come on, Trent. Trent, where you at? Come on, let's go. Say, man. Hey, that's family. Let's go, Trent Diff. All right. Well, check us out next week here on the Fishbowl Radio Network, the On Your Mark Show. Take us out, my guy, Manor Mike. Check him out on iTunes, on Instagram, Man of Mike 503 going to take us out. We hit your mark. Have an epic Wednesday. Great freaking show, y'all. Hey, ready, set, go. It's time to hit the mark. This that show you need to know about. We set ourselves apart. Sports talk at the pinnacle. We got all the knowledge covering every level. Helping these young men get to college. Got the coverage of a DV. Vision of a QB coming at you like a DN. Let all of that sink in. Working in the weight room. We can't take no days off. Doing drills and they not looking. That's what make us stand out. Don't worry about how much time is left. We got it planned out. Execution elite footwork. Nasty when we running routes. Accuracy off the chain. We've been on it from the start. Reaching for the sky. Hitting the bullseye. We on the mall.